One of the keys of entrepreneurship is uh, flexibility. And uh, so sometimes it can be crazy. So thank you, man. Thanks for having me. But yeah, I started in Jacksonville, Florida um, and, you know, grew up on the west side of town near Crystal Springs neighborhood. And um, my family, actually, my dad's a firefighter, retired. Mom was in corporate America. She was one of the first black women to really rise in corporate America, particularly at places like Barnett Bank, which is a a bank that doesn't exist anymore, and then Merrill Lynch. Um, so they both kind of raised me with this, you know, philosophy of work hard, you know, figure out what you love, you know, and be dedicated. Uh, my father's from West Helena, Arkansas, so he's a country boy, very much a man's man. Um, so I kind of had that in, you know, in my background. But anyway, I, I grew up from about two years old, falling in love with the drums. I'm told that my mom was at a choir rehearsal. I tell this story often. And she kind of sat me next to the drummer to make sure uh, that she could kind of keep her eye on me. Well, one day he got up and I got on the drums kind of standing up and just started playing. So that was when sort of, and you know, in black church, the, the, the amount of amazing, talented kids that can play, that's, you know, that, that's the entree for everybody, right? <laughs> but um, I think what was unique to them was that I kept doing it, you know? And then, um, yeah, I think probably about the time I was maybe six or seven, they sort of took me to a couple of different instructors who said, hey, this kid is actually sort of virtuoso. Like, what are you going to do? But at that time, we didn't have Instagram, YouTube and none of that. So I couldn't get a drum instructor because they were like, well, we think he's too young. So what they did was they enlisted me in classical piano. And from learning classical piano, that taught me music theory and all that stuff. Then I went to um, James Walton Johnson, then Douglas Anderson, and then, you know, kind of the rest is history. But I think for me, music has always been a fabric of my family. Everybody sings, except for me. And then um, also it's a place that I I feel like I was good at. Like all my boys, like you and uh, Liston and, you know, a lot of the, the guys we know are really good at athletics. That was not my thing. Right. But music was like my thing and, and my boys were cool with it. You know, so it was I was still part of the in crowd, but for something completely different. Um, and then, yeah, that's, that's a little bit of my background. So it's, it's growing growing up. Who who was a, a model a drummer or just an inspiring person that kind of kept you going, like somebody you looked up to? That's a great question. Um, I, I think probably one of the first was a family member. His name is Kevin Sibley. Uh, he actually lives in New York now. But Kevin was like my first mentor before I knew what that was. We, you know, we hear that word a lot now. He was like that first person for me. And so what Kevin did, he he would never let me settle for mediocrity. So even at church, you know, he'd be like, all right, learn this song, whatever. If I didn't learn it, he hit me over the head. You know, he'd be like, you know, be serious. And he was the one that helped me to realize what talent I had that was possible and how if I took myself serious enough, he used to always say, man, you don't even know what you have. The first mentor that I saw as like a role model was Winter Marcellus. Uh, Fernandina Beach, which is not far from where we are right now, he actually came to town um, with his band because he used to tour a lot in the South, more than he does now. And he came to, to, to Fernandina Beach High School, and I never forget it. I was sitting in the audience. My cousin and I was probably about 14, 15. He walks on the stage, dope suit, you know, suit and tie, and he starts speaking incredibly eloquently. Man. And then he's like, all right, y'all, we're going to play. And he puts that horn to his mouth, and I'm just like, that's it yeah. <laughs> you know so um so that was the first time i saw someone as a jazz musician that that was like you know that's what i want to be but kevin was the first person to mentor me and help me to understand what was within myself um that could be impactful to other people 
Right now, Ulysses, you you've traveled all around the world, mm-hmm. um, just playing 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 at uh, a lot in front of large crowds of people. Yeah, uh, you played with some of some some credible people. Yeah, you are credible yourself. Oh, thank uh, you. What was the most inspiring uh, experiences or, or places you've been, and, and like why? why? Um, I, you know, I always say to people, first of all, being able to travel is one of the greatest gifts that you could have. I, I tell people now, you know, I hear people talk a lot about. Um, especially young people investing in real estate, you know, crypto, all of that stuff. And I think all oh, that's great. I mean, right. you, you and your crew, y'all, <laughs> y'all kings of that. But I think on a more micro level, we need to invest in travel, mm-hmm. uh, particularly black people, because mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, most of us, most of us can come from certain kinds of environments that don't allow us to see. And I always say what you see is what you know is possible. If you don't see anything, like if if we only stayed in this room for another 10 years, then we would only realize that this is what we have. And we wouldn't even know that there's a downstairs or outside or whatever. What's the same thing with travel? When you go outside of your city or your state or whatever, then you have the ability to be like, wow, like things are much different or they're actually not that much different. So to answer your question, I think the places that really have been impactful for me are Japan. Um, uh, Japan is an incredible country. Um, I always say it's the, the perfect balance of innovation and tradition. Um, you know, it's, it's a country, you know, based on uh, spiritual principles that last, you know, that, that have been around for hundreds of years. Also dynamics of family, men to boys, women to, to girls. Um, they have traditions in place that that are very steeped in things they've been doing forever. But then they're an incredibly innovative country because, you know, techno- technologically, they're light years ahead of everybody. We take our cue from them, um, even in fashion, um, artistically. So anyway, Japan has been a great place. I had a business there for many years. Um, I had a, a quintet there called New Century Jazz Quintet. We used to tour there for five years. We kind of started old school. We would go, we, we would get enough money to buy five plane tickets to Tokyo, uh, Narita Airport. We'd land there, we'd get a, a van, and we'd travel the entire country. And we became like, you know, sort of the jazz meets Backstreet Boys. Right. <laughs> so Japan is great. I love Italy. Um, you know, Europe is, is, is really amazing. Um, but what's been interesting is sort of the influx of jazz in the Middle East. Mm-hmm. Um, right before the pandemic, I went to Saudi Arabia, and that was really cool to see how jazz is starting to get into some of those places. So, uh, but I would say Japan and, and Paris are probably my favorite. You know? Right. Now, as, as far as uh, music goes and that transition into being solely a musician, and to me, truthfully, mm-hmm. being a musician is entrepreneur. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> because... I mean, you're your own boss. You control your gigs. You control you control where you want to perform at. Mm-hmm. Like you are your boss. Yeah. You know, and it's it's amazing to see how a lot of nowadays musicians. Well, since I've been paying a lot of attention mm-hmm. to it, it, of course, it's probably been going on well before yeah. I started paying attention. But uh, as of late, as as I've been paying attention to more musicians, I've noticed that uh, not only do they play their instrument, but they do other things outside yeah. of playing the instrument well if you want to really deal with the definition of what it is to be an entrepreneur right like you know sort of a textbook uh, entrepreneurial uh definition is a person who takes on greater than financial risk to operate a business that Mm -hmm. that is a textbook definition that is what we do every day especially if you look at a musician i don't care about the genre but particularly in the last two years we have all been taking crazy risks right? right you know from march 13th 2020 Every musician, musician, whether you were jazz, rock, country, Beyonce, Jay-Z, was sitting at home. Mm-hmm. And we had to figure out 
how to remake who we are mm -hmm. to be relevant. And so then you had, you know, social media, you had all the, you know, what you're doing here, all of that stuff happened. But I think every musician is an entrepreneur because here's what happens, right? Just like an entrepreneur, you decide what is your business idea. Mm -hmm. You figure out, you know, what's your capital? What is the venue or, or sort of space you're going to operate in? And then you move in a direction. What do musicians do? You pick your instrument, mm -hmm. right? After you pick your instrument, what style do I want to play? After I figure out what style, do I form a business, right. right? And then if you're like the musicians here in Jacksonville, they find a venue, they book their own gigs, they pay, you know they they pay the band, you know they especially now they they you know they set up a lighting and mm -hmm. you know stream live. I mean that's that's a business, right? You know what I mean? Right. So absolutely, I think we are naturally entrepreneurs, but now we're having which I used to tag on creative entrepreneurs. I think we're having to embody entrepreneurship at a higher demand than before because there is no like like every day is a new terrain mm -hmm. you know like in the 80s 90s from what i understand of a lot of my study of music there was an infrastructure called the music business you had right. the record companies you had all that all of that is kind of gone <laughs> you know so we're having now you know you got your own podcast right you know you got your own company so i think we are having to figure out if we want to create what i like to call sustainable success we have to have a, a level of ownership to what it is that we want to create. You know? Now, obviously, uh, as a musician, you faced some type of adversity. During, well, everybody faced some mm -hmm. type of adversity during the COVID, uh, the COVID uh, yeah. crash, whatever. Um, now, would you say that sparked some type of something in you to start your uh, other business ventures? Or were, was that something you wanted to do long before, you know, pressure started coming down on you like creatively financially yeah you know so but like i guess what my question is before the COVID uh pandemic was having a non-profit organization something you wanted mm -hmm. to do was uh you know all, all of your other business ventures yeah. was that something you wanted to do before COVID happened or that's, how did how did that stuff you know, so first down? of all that's a great question because COVID for me was a rebirth um i'll speak to the first aspect of your question i already had a non-profit our non-profit don't miss a beat which we can talk about later um, we're now almost 15 years old. So we started in 08. So that was already established. However, due to COVID, because I always say to people, there were two pandemics. Mm -hmm. There was a global medical pandemic and there was a racial pandemic, mm -hmm. right? Um, that we don't want to talk about, but that really changed our world. But I say that to say the BLM movement, it catapulted my nonprofit mm -hmm. because I had people coming around saying, oh my God, you guys been here all the time helping incredible youth. You know, so that was amazing but to your point about COVID so so before COVID I was already a producer I had a production company um probably 70 80 percent of my income came from touring mm -hmm. the world um don't miss a beat like I said it was doing well um but that was sort of I was kind of following the status quo like I was like we all were doing the same thing because the world had not changed when COVID happened I went back to ground zero I lost I, I tell people in three days I lost uh, probably, probably 90% of my income in three days. <laughs> like, you know, like literally I, you know, cause I'm a person, I'm a planner, you know, I have a booking agent, I have a manager, I have a lot of things that most musicians and artists dream of. So I, I'm not the guy that doesn't have the team. I have the team, but literally I, I looked at my calendar on March 12th, March 13th. I mean, I was releasing a new book that year. I had tour dates well into the next year. Um, you know, like I was set all I needed to do was wake up every day and just do what I do yeah my manager called me he said 
everything is clear. Like, like you have nothing like from, he was like, all our stuff is postponed. And, and furthermore, we don't even know when it's going to be postponed. Then all the other stuff I had just got canceled. So literally I went from, you know, uh, man, I, I, before pandemics, I, I was pandemic, excuse me. I was on the road 200 days a year, at least, you know, I'm making six figures, mm-hmm. um, you know, great credit score, all that. I mean, balling good yeah um money in the bank right. you know amex platinum chase platinum <laughs> Doing <laughs> I, had, it. I had it all i lost all of that in literally three days and then and then so then it became i need how do i maintain mm-hmm. right and i'm thankful to god i'm thankful to my family because there were some some things that i didn't lose i didn't lose my place mm-hmm. um i didn't lose you know my studio there's a lot of other things that happened so the first thing that i had to acknowledge was that i lost a lot but to your point i had to say okay what do i have I have relationships. So because I, you know, have don't miss a beat, I have an incredible network of donors and people that embrace me. I have a lot of millionaires in my network. So one of my friends said, hey, why don't you come work for my business? He he has a, uh, a, a gardening business. Mm-hmm. So, bro, I, you know me, man, I'm a musician. So I've never done like major manual labor. But he was like, yo, I'll pay you. He was like, you also can get out the house. Um, it's safe. You know, so, man, I went and um, for for um, for eight weeks, bro. I lugged 30 to 40,000 pounds of rocks, like pebbles and all that, because gardening was up. Because people, right. you know, people were um, gardening because they didn't have nothing else to do. So his business literally, like, was crazy. Like, I can't, I, mean, I can't even tell you how much money he made every day. But anyway, I was working in the warehouse. And I was working in the warehouse with, with just brothers who um, had been incarcerated. Mm-hmm. Um, brothers, you know, who did, like, because he was also a really great place where if you had been incarcerated, he would still employ you. Mm-hmm. So, man, I went from, you know, this fancy Grammy mm-hmm. winning cat, you know, balling all this, you know, platinum everything to, to shoveling rocks right. and 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 uh, loading up trucks right. uh every day but you know what i was grateful bro <laughs> because one it allowed me to be able to have money to, to eat and take care of my bare necessities but what it also allowed me to do jarvis was to dream right it allowed me to sit in a place every day for eight hours and you know doing all the stuff with the rocks but figure out okay dude what's next and in that job is where i got the idea to build my studio and so that's what I came out of COVID with because um, 10 years ago, I, I'd always been producing, but I never had my own studio. So anyway, in this, you know, shoveling all these rocks, I'm like, dude, you got a studio out back, your parents' place, like build that. And from me building my studio, Jarvis, I learned Pro Tools. Um, I've got all the lighting stuff. I learned how to um, build my own courses and created another level of income to where now, if I don't go on the road again, I can survive. Mm-hmm. And I have a, actually a, a major meeting in about a week with a, a, a huge um, online entity for, for music um, that's getting ready to really take me to the next level. I would have never done that had COVID not happened. I would have, ne- I've been saying for years, I need to learn Pro Tools, I need to have a studio. Um, you know, I needed to learn about, you know, mics and all that. and. I, I've been saying for years, but until I was forced to do it, I, you know, I finally surrendered. But as a result, it now has eliminated me having to do other things because now I can wake up, get my smoothie, do my stuff, do my exercise and go to my studio and make money. Right. <laughs> so that's, sorry. That's, 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 that's amazing because, you know, oftentimes I hear, you know, the greater the adversity, the greater the reward, yeah. the greater yeah. the story, you know, and somebody like you that's um, constantly moving prior mm-hmm. to COVID moving 200 yeah. days out of the year yeah um you're only focused on what's going on like the rest of your life not necessarily not that it doesn't matter it's because mm-hmm. you simply 
you got priorities and there's things that have, has to happen. Mm -hmm. um, and I and I noticed, you know, oftentimes um, as an entrepreneur, we 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 don't really take time to ourselves to figure out what is really valuable. To, uh, yeah, and also I want to go further back to the brothers I work with at at the the place. I also had to get, I had to come off my high horse as an artist because sometimes as artists, especially when you start traveling right. and, and you build this profile, you that man. You 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 you're you're kind of untouchable. But man, working with these incredible guys who you know really cool, and they and 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 their thing was they want to take care of their family. It it got me back down to ground zero of like, dude, what do you want? Mm -hmm. You know, yeah, you want to win other stuff or whatever, but like, what is your basic desire about life? And then also. They were so those dudes were so encouraging because they nobody knew that I was a musician. And then all of a sudden somebody let the cat out of the bag. And then that's when I started talking to them about things they were doing. So I, you know, I say to people, when I become the next dimension of success that I become now, I will be so much more grounded. Mm -hmm. Because before I, I don't think I mean I was humble and I, you know, did stuff, but my success now is so rooted and so grounded. And also I, there's nothing I can't overcome. Right. Before the pandemic, I was like, oh, yeah, as long as everything goes right, mm -hmm. I'm good. Now, man, I, you know, the, the, whatever this next big moment is, it's going to be great, but I'm not going to be defined by it. And mm -hmm. I think that's what what COVID taught me as well is you what you think is great could be gone. And I'm like, it could be three gone. In a, like literally <laughs> three days, three, everything I thought and I had built my life on my resume on was gone in three days. Right. So now I'm like, listen, man, I just want to make sure I'm cool. You know, I have a son now. I want to make sure he's good and he's eating. You know, make sure all my all my people are cool. And then after that, I, I no longer will be, be I will no longer define my success by this thing that that someone could snatch from me overnight. Right. Now moving on to so you're you're an author, you're 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 a nonprofit mm -hmm. leader. Um as far as being a creative entrepreneur, what would yeah. you say the biggest challenge is as far as you know, going to that next dimension yeah. of success. How do you be more creative? Like, how are you building upon your ideas? Well, I'll tell you, I've never had an issue, and this—I don't say this to be arrogant. Mm -hmm. I've never had a problem being creative. Right. I, I came out the womb being creative. If me and you sit here, shut this camera off, and we just talk, we can come up with thirty businesses that we did it when right. we went to lunch, right? right? Right. So creativity has never been my issue. My issue is capital and sustainability, mm -hmm. right? So what my challenge as a creative entrepreneur now is making sure that I streamline my ideas. Instead of trying to do 20 things, I do one thing or, or two things. And I really want those things to have capital, sustainability. And when I say capital, I mean the, the ability uh, to have money to, to fund the business and then the sustainability for that money to make money and for the business to last. And the thing that I want now is also growth exponentially. Mm -hmm. So I, you know, don't miss a beat. 15 years old, my company UOJ Productions, 10, 11 years old. I've been playing drums since I was two, so 39, 37 years. Like these are things that have lasted, but now I want that exponential growth that I can help others. So I could be like, hey, yo, Jarvis, I'm about to, you know, be on the BET Awards. You know, I, I got a major partnership with with MX, man. Why don't you come on and run my podcast? Right. Like, so I want to be able to have a kind of success that I can put my friends on mm -hmm. and elevate our platform. Right. That's what I'm praying for and hoping for within the next 10 to 15 years that the things that I have now created since I have ownership to what I do can grow so so exponentially domestically and internationally mm -hmm. that I can build a bigger world and help those that are around me. That that's, that's the next dimension for me. That's incredible. That's incredible. Now, you said prior to COVID you traveled 200 days yeah. out of the year on average. <laughs> yeah. So, now you've been ex you life has life mm -hmm. has shown you that 
you got to come off of that high sometimes. Yeah, yeah. So how have you scaled? What happened? What mm. have you learned to scale life? So have scale the personal life. You have That's a great. son now. Yeah. Scale and be in his life. Yeah. And yeah. still maintain your level of yeah. high in yeah. the music industry. Yeah. How are you scaling all of that? What are you doing? So I'll tell you, um, first of all, great question. I'll tell you a quote I got from, I think it was either Steve Jobs or Bill Gates. And they said, really successful people learn to say no more than they say yes. So the first thing is that my my yes is really expensive now. And I don't mean from a monetary, mm -hmm. you know, you got to pay me because a whole lot of people don't have money right now. Mm -hmm. What right. I mean expensive is that I need to understand the value of why I'm doing what it is that you're asking me to do. So, for instance, for you, I value what you're doing. I value what you and your partners are doing. I value who you are as a young brother out here hustling, making it happen. So for me to give my time. I feel like I'm giving to 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 my own efforts because we both brothers out here trying to trying to right. make it happen. So I think the first thing is I had to streamline and make my yes more expensive. So it's very difficult to get me to say yes to things. Mm -hmm. So that's the first thing in terms of traveling. I now, um, which probably for about six years, even through the pandemic, I've been a faculty member at the Juilliard School. Okay. Um, but I live in Florida, mm -hmm. so that means that I travel <laughs> every week. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so that means Tuesday morning I'm on a flight out of Jacksonville either you know either there, there's like two or three um, sometimes I'm on the, the 6 a.m. or if I got other stuff to do I'm on the 9 or 10 a.m. and then I'm normally back by Thursday night so that already changes my schedule that means I can't for the people that don't know where's sorry. that school at oh sorry that school is in New York City so that's uh, 60 Lincoln Center Plaza, Plaza so it's 66 and Broadway so I literally am on a plane I normally land no later than 12 I hop in an Uber go to my brother's house in Harlem drop my bags off I head down, get lunch. I'm in class from 3.15 to 4.45. And then I set up other business meetings, you know, that because now people are like, oh, you're back in New York. So I set up different things. Um, and then I finish class Thursday, 4.45. I hop on the train. I'm at either JFK or LaGuardia. And I'm back in Jacksonville, 10, 30, 11 o'clock. So that was another thing that I had to make sure of with regard to my son, you know, making sure that, you know, I get that time and that, that FaceTime. You know, he lives with his mom. And he's he's well, he'll be four months in, in a few a few days. So he's still, you know, you, like like my boss said, the, the most important thing to him right now is breast milk mm -hmm. right. <laughs> <laughs> and being around mama. Right. Um, but but soon, I think he and I will be able to have more of that FaceTime and that ability to start cultivating his life. But that was a big thing when I had, you know, when I should say when he was blessed mm -hmm. uh, to be on this earth because I didn't have him. His mama had him. <laughs> but it, it that focus shifted for me. I was like, I was already focused, but I was like, okay, now I got to really be careful because now I have a life and everything I do affects his life. So anyway, so that, that was a big thing. And then I'm now about to start traveling a little bit more. But um, yeah, again, because I can make income here, I don't have to, I don't have to take everything. Um, and then same with Don't Miss a Beat. You know, we've grown now where we got an incredible team. So yeah, man, things are, I'm, I'm able to do things at the pace that I want to do them. I always say to people, to me, the most, the thing that I love about success is success is freedom. Mm -hmm. And the, the, the older I get, the more well-known I become. I want to have the freedom to be an incredible dad, be an incredible brother and, and friend to the people that I love and that are in my inner circle. And then whatever my hands do impacts people that are in the outer circle. That is what I continue to work on. That's respect. I respect that. Now, as far as uh, we're gonna we're gonna bring it personal. Yeah, bit. let's do it. So, as far as you know, all these highs and these, yeah. these accolades and these these accomplishments. Yeah. 
what are you doing to ground yourself emotionally? Oh, yeah. How are you? How because we all know it's not yeah. always yeah. where you want it to be. Yeah, you bro. know. Yeah. So how how do you handle your adversity internally? You know, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. Well, well, first of all, I give I'll give you advice that my therapist gave to me. Um, well, first of all, shout out to someone we both love, Grayson Grayson Grace. Marshall. Shout out to Grayson. <laughs> shout out to Grayson. Great. Um, Grayson, we love you, man. Grayson is is my life coach, and I spent a year with him he transformed my life but this piece of advice actually came from another woman dr lorna oliver that i uh that was my therapist a few years ago when i was going through a lot of major stuff in my life dr lorna said to me ulysses gift yourself with the gift of your humanity and i said well, what do you mean she said you have been accomplishing things for so long you have you and like you're the same way right where you know you get this thing where it's like like i'm nothing can affect me i have to be strong i have to be strong but what that builds up is this thing where you're not human mm -hmm. and particularly men struggle i mean women as well but i but as a man we struggle with like the savior complex of we think that we have to be so strong and we don't acknowledge our vulnerabilities and what i was doing was i wasn't acknowledging my humanity and then when something came and knocked me off my my rocker then i was a, a hot mess mm -hmm. so what i do to your to, to your point i'm um obsessed with with alone like time alone i'm a loner right and i recharge alone mm -hmm. so i'm the kind of person even after this and talk or whatever i need to go i'll check on my family and then i need to go inward and i need to have time alone and that's where i reflect i write i get myself together and then I'm able to kind of engage again with the world. So as I get older and as I take on more responsibility, I need more and more alone time. So I think that's what helps me between those highs and lows. The other thing I would say is being honest. Mm -hmm. Like, for instance, you know, we're, I'm navigating a lot of things right now internally and personally with my son being in my life. He and his mother and I navigating co-parenting. Uh, me navigating, you know, growing new businesses. So it's a lot of new stuff. Right. <laughs> and so there are days where, like, it's funny, the last, to be completely transparent, the last three days, it's been really hard to just wake up. Mm -hmm. You ever had those days yeah. where, like, you get up like and, and it's hard to just, like, get out of bed? To, right. and, you know, once I'm on my feet, I'm like, whatever. But I've, I've really struggled with that in the last three days to just get out of bed and, like, get back to, like, what I do. And the thing that I hold on to, I'm a man of faith. As I hold on to the the voice of what I call the Holy Spirit, saying, "You got this. You got this. I'm with you. Mm -hmm. I'm with you everywhere." You know. And so when I have those highs and lows, hearing that that voice of of God's Spirit being like, "I got you when you had the Grammys, but I also got you when you lost everything. Mm -hmm. I got you when you about to help your family, but I also got you when you don't know how they're gonna get help." <laughs> right. So holding on to that that to God's Spirit guiding me every step of the way. That is what helps me in in the in between and the highs and the lows. Okay, so what would you say what makes you optimistic about your future? So, with God, all things are possible. God is the greatest power, and with that, you will never be defeated. I agree. That that, I agree. and I, I don't mean that to be, um, I don't mean that to be religious, mm -hmm. but I have no I have no faith in me being great. Mm -hmm. I have all the faith that whatever you know, whatever God's will is, and I know you know, and I I don't want to get into scripture and stuff, but. I believe based on scripture and based on how I was raised that God will make sure I always have a meal. Mm -hmm. Now my, my son's always going to have a meal. Mm -hmm. His mom's always going to have a meal. Um, I'm always going to have a roof over my head. I'm always going to be able to get where I need to go. So those are the things that I have faith in because even when I lost everything, I still had that. Mm -hmm. Even when I had everything, I had it, but in a different way. So I think what I have faith in is, is the human experience that I will always have what God needs me to have. Mm -hmm. Now, I may not have everything I want, mm 
Right. And that's where I think we have to separate, particularly as entrepreneurs, there's going to be points in your business where you don't have everything you want, mm -hmm. but you'll have everything you need. Right. So I, I started now as I've gotten a little older, I'll be 40 at the end of the year. I no longer lose my mind when I don't have what I want. Mm -hmm. It's challenging, but I don't lose my mind because I always have what I need. Right. If that I, makes, I, if you know, that I makes sense. I feel you 100%. Yeah. I feel you 100%. Now, as far as uh, moving from strictly being a musician, you know, into yeah. the more of creative entrepreneurial journey, did it take you more of a, a monetary step? That's a good question. Or did you rely heavily on, well, obviously you did, but explain yeah. uh, how you relied on relationships. Okay. And, you know, saying, okay, I'm going to have to come off my face a little bit to make this happen. Can you define what that meant? What, like, what? I'm going to have to come out of my pocket. Oh, okay, okay. So, uh, so first of all, I will say that's a wonderful question. If you want to be anything independently, you have to invest. Mm -hmm. Gone are the days where you are waiting on someone else to invest in you. So I just want to put that out there. My my desire to love business and being an entrepreneur, that started when I was 16. Right. Um, I got invited to go play at Barnes & Nobles, uh, which used to, I think at that time, it was uh, near Regency Mall like on Atlantic. And um, I went there. And I went to the to the owner. I said, hey, do you want jazz? And they said, oh, we love that. I said, so what if I bought a jazz group in here every weekend? And at the time, I wanted to buy CDs because mm -hmm. I was, I, you know, to be a musician, you had to study the music. And I was trying to figure out how could I make enough money or get somebody else to pay for me to, to get CDs without me having to use my money. Right. So I said, well, what if I went to Barnes & Noble and did and created a deal? Right. So anyway, so I went there, created a deal, and my, my payment was gift certificates. Mm -hmm. So we did that. Same thing. I went to uh, what is now the Luke Pizza Bar and Grill in San Marco, but it used to be the tavern on the square. I've inked a deal where it was, I was 17 years old. I was running a jam session. So I've, I've been entrepreneurial since I was 16. So that's always what, you know, that is what it is. Back to your point about how did I know or when did I know, like when to invest? I'm always investing. You know, so even then when I uh, started that band, I had to invest in business cards. Mm -hmm. Then I had to invest in, you know, the music mm -hmm. or I had to invest in, invest in buying drums. Right. You know, um, I had to invest, you know, when I moved to New York, I had to invest in different things with that. You know, like, so I think to me, the idea of investment, if you want to build a business and be entrepreneurial, that is, I mean, man, I've invested in albums. I've invested in, um, you know, different companies. I've had company things like I, I did something last year that failed. I invested mm -hmm. close to $5,000 in it. Um, I've had things that, you know, I, I had a record label at one point. Mm -hmm. I invested 10 grand. It failed. Right. Um, but I've learned from those things that I've that I've invested in that didn't do well. So now when I do invest, I invest smart. Mm -hmm. Also, Got when you right. Also, when you invest in your own stuff, it it brings other people who will invest to you right invest in you because if somebody says to you like when we started don't miss a beat our whole family came together and we gave a certain amount and that's what started and we still invest so when i go to somebody else and say will you give me more they're like well absolutely we see that you invest mm -hmm. so i so i will for my first challenge to any creative out there stop waiting on someone to give you that first seed to get where you need to get to. If you won't pay for it, and if it's not valuable enough to you, why should it be valuable enough to me? Right. So I, so I think. But what, what I have learned now though is I need to be smarter about my investing. Like I have a son, so I can't go and invest twenty thousand dollars into something that's not gonna, you know, it's give me a ROI. Really. It's, it's not. It's, it's not gonna give me a return on investment now. So, so what I, if I'm gonna invest five, I'm like, okay, that five will get me fifteen, or down, or to give me equity ownership or stake in something. So. 
I'm much more calculated about what I invest, but I will have to invest in something and in people the rest of my life. Right. It's just a matter of what you choose to invest in. That's not a great explanation. So there's a, an incredible author. His name is Malcolm Gladwell. He wrote a bunch of great books. One in particular is called Outliers. Mm -hmm. And in this book, he talks a lot about the, the study of greatness mm -hmm. and the study of mastery. One of the things he says is that uh, to master something, you have to spend 10,000 hours. So he has this thing called the 10,000 hour rule. Mm -hmm. And that if you look at the Beatles, you look at Steve Jobs, you look at, you know, Bill Gates, you look at whom Oprah Winfrey, Will Smith, whomever you identify as great, somewhere down in their journal is about at least 10,000 hours that they have put towards something. So what I will say is in addition to your financial investment, you need to invest time. Mm -hmm. And for every business that I've been very driven towards, I can tell you I put 10,000 plus hours in. So I, I wanted to add that piece because some people won't have money, mm -hmm. but if you put in time, that time can lead you to relationships that do have whatever you need. And then that, that is also a necessary investment. Um, your other question you ask about kind of what's changed mm -hmm. between when I first started at two. So one of the things I've always had, I'm incredibly disciplined. So from the time I was probably about six or seven, I understood what practice was. So I've always had this built in my mind. I need to practice every day whether that is mental practice physical practice whatever so that that has been ingrained as i've gotten older i change how and what i practice so now i don't need to practice seven hours a day um now i may say i'm gonna practice for 45 minutes like really focus mm -hmm. um anytime i learn something new i understood like i was when i was young that daily grind of mm -hmm. giving my time to that thing. And so that's how I was able to build a studio and learn about recording. That's how I learned about writing. Right. You know, when I first started writing, people told me, first of all, you're a terrible writer. And I said, well, today I am, but I won't be tomorrow. Right. Um, and so I literally hired a writing coach, mm -hmm. started writing blogs, built up a blog for about two and a half years where people love my blog. Then I got uh, a couple articles that I published. Now, you know, I'm in the, I have a literary agent and now I'm getting ready to pitch books to major, you know, like the top, you know, the big five uh, in publishing. So, but it started with me writing my first blog about my heart being broken, mm -hmm. right? So I, I say, I go back to, I think what has been the same from me being two to now being 39 is that I can identify a target. What do I want to accomplish? Because I feel like that's one of my greatest gifts. I don't think I'm the most talented, but but there's not too many people as disciplined as me and, and that can identify like what I want. Like I can be like, all right, I want this. I want this at this point. Here's who I need to identify. Let me write the business plan. God, is this something you want me to do? Okay, cool. And then I start sewing that time and then bam, it happens. A lot of people can't do is what my mother calls starting from scratch. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I call it the blank paper uh, methodology. Can you, if I gave you a blank piece of paper, what can you build? Right. And so that to me is what I've always had from a young kid that I still have today. And I just apply it to whatever today's task is. You know, and I think uh, what what helps you per perfect that that uh, notion that your your mom, yeah. grandma yeah. Uh, said was, I mean, simp like you said earlier, we, we think all of our investments have to be monetary. Yeah. You know, and what I've learned for myself over the past eight months is I got to invest more time in myself. You know, when I wake up and go to the gym, instead mm -hmm. of listening to this music that used to get me crank, crump, you know what I'm saying? I need to go listen to some more podcasts. I need to go listen to more, you know, scriptures. I need to just play some soft music and just think. 
you know yeah bro. so i've changed my whole yeah. regimen of just life in general you know yeah so, sometimes i purposely get up earlier yep. just to sit and yeah. think, you know yeah and 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 invest that kind of time because that is a that guarantees a greater reward than their money really i want to i want to follow you or, or, or follow up on that um that's something that we don't talk about is what do we do with with the the additional time right so one of the things i and I, I thought about to your point is what how can we if somebody said to you jarvis what did you do yesterday mm -hmm. you'd be like oh yeah i went to the gym i went here whatever somebody said okay cool what did you do with every hour of yesterday mm -hmm. could you tell them right yeah. so to your point i'm the same way like if i'm not interacting or whatever i'm either listening like i got hooked on audible.com i'm either listening okay. to a book somebody else's story podcast um you know uh, a sermon mm -hmm. you know something that's constantly feeding to you, your growth you know to your growth so i think that's something that that we have to talk about and definitely share with our audience is that we like you got to be feeding that thing constantly like i don't i mean that's, you know, that's one of the reasons one of the many reasons why um i've never been successful probably in dating mm -hmm. because like i'm always thinking about where i'm going mm -hmm. you know Instead like i don't i don't believe in like dead time because right. even like one of the things you know when i've dated people are like do you ever believe in fun i'm like fun to me is freedom right <laughs> so right. i don't need to go to the club and jump up and down you know like fun for me is sitting down with my boys and you know having a cigar having drink but still talking about business right still talking about yeah, you know right. still be business. because for me i'm like until i get to the point where i have multiple properties i have you know multi-million dollars worth of 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 equity and all kind of great things are surrounding me i'm not worried about my son's college fund i'm not worried about his first car i'm not worried about my my parents and when they decide to leave this earth how their assets are going to be you know uh added up all that stuff like until i have no real like worry about like how i'm gonna exist i got work to do right you know mm -hmm. people are like why you work so hard because i'm not where i want to be <laughs> right now if I'm, if I'm will smith and and my books you know best time selling <laughs> you know this dude got a got, got a house that's that has you know as a monument <laughs> he's <laughs> he's made multi-million dollars like if i'm there then okay i need to figure out how to rest right i need to figure out balance i'm not there right <laughs> so right, right. so i think for me you know i'm driven by yes even though i have to rest and all that but i'm driven by I'm not where I want to be. So every day, how can, what can I do? Um, my mother used to always say to me when I was a kid, cause you know, we would have tests and um, she'd be like, did you study for that test? And I'd be like, well, God will help me. Yeah. <laughs> and, she, and she used to always yeah. say, you got to give God something to work with. Right, right. <laughs> and so, <laughs> so for me, what my goal is to give God something to work with. Right. I definitely feel that. I definitely feel that. <laughs> now, if you, if you, well, to all the creators, yeah. You know, I'm I'm not the best creator. Ah, don't. <laughs> hey, we're not gonna do that self sabotage. Self, you are the best creator in the way that you are creative. Right. I I agree on that part on that piece. Uh, now to us, yes, creators, I'm listening to you. Um, what would you say is a is a quality that we must cultivate in order to 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 continue to soar upward? Uh, I, 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 a quality to cultivate. Can you can you say so, that? So, some, something that I, I must have internally, you know, and I must master it in order to keep to keep going. Um, I normally do. I'm I'm a, like three key, four key guy. I'll just Go say ahead. the first thing I would say: you have to have such a tenacity and a desire for what you want that you cannot stop. And if I talk about this too much, I'll start getting teary eyed. Right. Because there's going to be times in life where stuff is so tough. 
Like it's so tough. And sometimes you can, you know, like that light at the end of the tunnel, you could literally be at the end of the tunnel, but still not in the light. Mm -hmm. And you could want to give up. And so I think the one thing that we have to, to, that we have to analyze, that we have to unpack, we have to unearth is that if you really know what you want and it is in line with what God's will is for your life, you cannot give up. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you cannot give up because you know, the, you know, because my first thing I was going to say, which is what I'm working on now, and I know God is testing me on, is patience. But I think even beyond patience, you have to have the faith that whatever it is that you desire, if it is in God's will, which I believe is God's will, that we prosper, that it will come. But 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 you're going to be tested. Oh, yeah. And so I think, you know, to me, entrepreneurship isn't so much about what you create it's about the risk that you take because mm -hmm. <laughs> again we go back to that definition you know it is a person that takes on greater than finance you know greater financial risk to build a business mm -hmm. so i think that risk factor and not losing faith in the risk part of whatever because risk means you out there on that limb but even on that limb i can't lose faith and not just faith in god or your your universal power or whatever you acknowledge as god but you can't lose faith in you right because that's the thing that we that that I'm being tested. I, I God, like I said, God is the greatest power. He will never be defeated. But I've been tested. Do I believe in Ulysses? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so that's where the real the, the real uh, sort of the breakdown is. Can I do this? Do mm -hmm. I believe I can do this? Do I believe I can run to the end? And do I believe that I can make this happen? And if you believe in you, then then you'll be cool. So I think that's the biggest thing. You cannot give up on you. Okay. Number, you said you got three keys. Oh no no I just uh, I just okay. focused on that one thing. <laughs> All right. Uh, now, out of everything, you know what what do you enjoy most about your your journey your life? Like what is something as as, as far as being a creator a creative yeah. entrepreneur? What do you love most about it? I love the variety. I I'm a person that I'm addicted to variety. Um, it's probably why I never worked out well with um, office jobs, uh -huh. you know, um, because what I love about being creative is that every day is something new. Mm -hmm. You know, even like, though, you know, don't miss a beat. You know, we've been in the same building for seven, eight years. Every day I walk in, there's something like a kid runs up to me today and says something tomorrow. I may walk in and I just talk with my staff. Right. So I know I am driven by difference. Like mm -hmm. I need I need things to be varietal in my life. And then that is also what keeps me um, in the process of it. If something becomes mundane, it becomes stuck or becomes, you know, sedentary, I'm out. <laughs> you thrive I'm out. off of so the I thrive off environment. Of the, yeah. And so that's what, to me, being creative mm -hmm. gives you the ability to do is that, you know, you wake up today and like, to, like for instance, today, I, you know, I had a couple meetings and I had this cool podcast with you. You know, yesterday I woke up, it was completely different. You right. know, tomorrow I'll be on a plane in New York. Friday, I'm going to museum museum exhibit with a friend. Sunday, I'm back. You know, so right. every day is something different. And I think though um, there will be highs and lows financially and in every other part of life, still the the variety in that for me helps me um, and keeps me attached to the journey. Okay. Know? So so what would you say is your, the the biggest thing that motivates you to keep going? But I mean, of course, now probably is your son. Yeah, from, right. Um, but prior to that, I guess. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. What yeah. made you keep going? You know. Man, that's a great question. I think I think what kept me going before my son and my family, I would have to be honest, I think it was the the children that are part of Don't Miss a Beat. Like so I think ch children are really they mean a lot to me because they are, they are tomorrow, right? They you know, they're the voices no, they are tomorrow <laughs> in every sense, right? Right, right? So I think children have always been an incredible motivating force for me because I think that they have this purity and this beauty and they need us to fight for them. You know, I, I call myself an advocate. 
Um, and, and, and when you unpack that definition, which I talk about a lot is, is when you're an advocate, it means that you have a voice for those that are voiceless. Mm -hmm. So I think I am driven by helping other people. And that is what always keeps me going because to be honest, I ain't that special, but I think what makes me have some relevance is that God can use me and he can trust me to help other people. So I think what, even when I don't, when I feel like I sound like crap, mm-hmm. when I feel like I, you know, the deal didn't go through, I lost money in the deal or whatever. I know when all of that goes flat and zero and I'm sitting in, you know, sitting in the dark, I'm talking to myself. I know that if for nothing else, I am useful for other people. Right. And that is what gives me faith. And it also helps me to, to, to keep, to keep fighting and keep pressing on. You know? Now this, this journey to the top, you know, you've been at the top for forever. You know, you're always going. That's relative, brother. <laughs> <laughs> we got to define what is the top. <laughs> you know, in your space. I mean, we can go. We can, it's documented. We can go Google, I can Google your name right now, you know. So, uh, I mean, as far as it being lonely, I, I know it's lonely. It gets oh, lonely. Man, that's, you know, that's, that's, especially that's... in the ground. But, and outside of you enjoying being lonely, you know, I mean, as far as your friends, your peers, mm. you know, they aren't doing what you're doing. Mm. So and, and them honestly not truly understanding your grind and your hustle. Yeah, you know, it that gets that's a sad lonely. Well, and and that's the thing I want to unpack, right? There's there's loneliness and there's alone. There you right? Go. right? Being alone is right. So doing. so I'm pe- I'm at peace alone, alone because mm-hmm. I understand that uh, in those those times, that's time where God gets to 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 work, to on, minute, work on me or whatever. But the loneliness, uh, as Grayson talks about. Um, there's always isolation before elevation. Mm-hmm. And and I, I truly believe when you're called to do something great, you can't you can't take everybody with you. That does not mean that you have to kick people out of your life either, mm-hmm. right? But what I mean is that, you know, if you look at the mountain, like if we go right now uh, to a mountain, you know, California, Colorado, we go at that mountain, as that peak goes up and up and up, it's, it's harder to climb it. Mm-hmm. It's also harder to, to get up there. And also, you can't climb it with multiple people. Mm-hmm. The other thing is not, every, you know, that, that, that we have to unpack. Not everybody wants to go to the top, right? Sometimes people just want to be around you because you want to go to the top. Mm-hmm. So I think the, the loneliness comes from not having that, uh, uh, what do they call, kind of that, that um, it, the, the term escapes me, but, oh, purpose mate, mm-hmm. right? Having that per- person that understands your purpose and can guide you or, or accompany you along, along, that to, along that journey. But it is incredibly lonely. Mm-hmm. It is incredible. I mean, and what's even more lonely is, is, is the is knowing what you want, how you want it, or God revealing things to you. And sometimes you can't even share the good stuff. Right. Or like, for instance, I have an incredibly supportive family, but sometimes they don't even understand what I'm excited about. Mm-hmm. You know, like I like I may come home today and be like, man, I had this like this cool podcast. And they're like, okay, great. But they don't understand when I prayed to God three years ago and said, Lord, put me in the put me in the company of people who have influential podcasts. And then when you call me and I'm invited, how that is an affirmation of God's word over right. my life. So it's so amazing. sometimes you're lonely even in the celebration. Mm-hmm. because people can't celebrate the way you want to celebrate because they don't understand what it means to you. Right. <laughs> so 100%. so sometimes the loneliness isn't just the grind. Uh-huh. It's it's the highs and the lows. So right. so anyway, yeah, it can be challenging. But again, God is great. And so you have to 
count it all joy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you gotta you gotta count it all joy. And that and 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 um in your counting it all joy, you say, man, I'm I'm blessed to be a blessing and I'm still thankful to be here because bro, you and I both saw hundreds of thousands of people leave this earth mm-hmm. last year. Mm-hmm. Just in the last few weeks that the first few weeks of the new year, we've seen people leave. So so the fact that me and you are still here, there's something that we're supposed to do. So I'm thankful that I still have another day to figure that out. That's that's what's up, man. That's what's up. Now, uh, as we're wrapping up, of course, you know, I definitely want to have you touch on. Uh, so, as far as the biggest, whatever it is, adversity uh, you've been through, how did you get over it? Um, the biggest adversity situation you faced, however. I mean, shit. I'm in the middle of one now. But here, so here's what I'll tell you. I'll, I'll tell you about something that was really, really. Uh, uh, one one super super personal that I was that I went through, and then one sort of kind of public. Um, one was uh, I've been married before, mm-hmm. um, and I got married really young. Got married at 24, was divorced by 27, um, and that was a really public failure for me because you know I I'd, I'd never done anything that that public, public that was intimate, and then it then it failed, mm-hmm. um, and so that was very difficult. And you know it's been what almost over 10 years since I've been divorced. But what I will tell you is I learned how to be a better person emotionally that if I had not gone through that, I don't know that I would be that person. Mm -hmm. So I would say that was something that was very personal that um, I also believe that there is love after divorce. Mm -hmm. You know, there's there's the ability to know yourself better. And part of why I got into that situation was because I didn't love me enough. Right. Because if you love you enough, you won't bring people into your life that don't love you. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I put myself in another situation as I got older where it still was, I didn't love myself enough. So one of the first things I want to, you know, sort of give to my audience, please love yourself enough because some of your greatest failures and some of your greatest alliances with the wrong people will be as a result of you not loving you. Mm -hmm. Because your love as sort of a vision as Scott, love is like your glasses, right? Right. It is the lens by which you see everything. Mm -hmm. So if these glasses are dark and they're shaded or muted you can't really see what is outside of those but if they're clear which is you're loving yourself then you see everything through those lenses so i have had to work through the years of clearing those lenses and here's the thing sometimes they get clean and then i dirty them up right right? right. so that's the that's the first thing is that you have to love yourself otherwise when it comes to matters of the heart Mm -hmm. particularly for creatives as we're, we're hella emotional right we're all emotional right. as hell and and you know grayson's been helping me work through that um but yeah i think we have to make sure that we love ourselves the other failure that i went through um i would say was when i was in college i had a, a challenge at juilliard and um due to some of the challenges i had I, for for a period of time um i was kicked out of school mm-hmm. and um i got back in obviously i got the degree hanging on mama's wall but but during that particular time, it was it was a very uh, challenging time for me. Mm-hmm. And again, I find that you discover who you are not in times of success. You discover who you are when you're at your lowest. Because at your lowest, you think you know what you will do, mm-hmm. but you don't actually know what you will do. You know, most of us say, yeah, you know, at my lowest, I'm my greatest. At your lowest, you might actually hit somebody over the head. Right. Or at your lowest, you might cuss somebody out. Right. <laughs> or at, at your lowest, you may have road rage. Right. And when you are confronted with the reality of you mm-hmm. in your worst moment and then you learn how to deal with you in that moment and then recover from that that is humanity and that is success right so to me um those moments whether it was a divorce whether it was temporarily getting kicked out of juilliard and now i'm a professor there mm-hmm. uh, so right, right. so how about that irony 
Um, but it also teaches you to help other people while they're going through their tough season. Mm -hmm. Because I find that some things in life God will make you go through so that you have a testimony, so that you're relevant. Because I know for I don't know about you, I, part of why this podcast makes sense and people are are, are identifying with it is because we're talking about stuff that they probably going through. Mm -hmm. So I know that that part of the human experience is that we have to go through challenges. Otherwise, we have no seasoning. Right. right. <laughs> yeah, otherwise, sense. otherwise, you know. So so you're going to continue to be successful. But you're going to have challenges right. so that this podcast can even be a resource. Right. Because otherwise, if you don't have any challenges, this won't even be something that people want to tune into. Exactly. So, so yeah, it's part, it's part of it. So those are two things I, I went through that were, were difficult. Okay. And then the last thing I want sure. you to leave with, with everybody um, is on your creative journey, you know, what is something that you, you should always do to continue to move on? That's um, great. So... Not necessarily what's driving you, but in order to make it to that next dimension of success, you know, what is it going to take? I think to, to move on, first, I think um, you have to document where you are. I'm a firm believer. Anybody out there, um, Instagram and all of us, please journal, whether that is a physical journal. Like if, you, if you're from the analog generation, get you get the mead pad or whatever. I'm a digital guy. I like to journal because I can print things off. So I use the notes feature and my, my iPad and iPhone and all that. So the first thing I think to get through, you need to document because, you know, you ever go back and look at something from 10 years ago, right? <laughs> right? So I think it's helpful to, to first document. And then I think, again, what helps you get through, I go back to is faith. Right. I find that, uh, you know, and I'll be a little scriptural, faith is the substance of things hoped for, mm -hmm. but the evidence of things not seen. So, so it's the substance of things hoped for. So really faith is that ability to believe there is a tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Because if you can believe there is a tomorrow, then there will be a tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And so what I find that we're lacking in our generation is that we don't believe in anything that we cannot create so i think we need to foster the ability to have faith again mm -hmm. because that faith will affect you loving mm -hmm. it will affect you building a business it will affect you being an entrepreneurial uh, entrepreneur like so faith to me you know documenting and then the faith piece is 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 the missing link i think that most of us have because what we do is we lean on someone else's expertise right. or we even lean on our own expertise and then what happens is we fail and then when we fail we want to give up mm -hmm. but if you have faith even in the failing, you are like, okay, this is going to turn around. So I think faith is, again, it's the substance of things hoped for. So so you got to keep something to hope for. If I have nothing, like when I look at my son's eyes, I'm like, okay, I have something to hope for. Mm -hmm. If I, you know, even if I can't see him physically, I look at a picture of him or or even with a career. Okay, my, my career isn't where I want to be, but I know I got ideas. One of these ideas are going to get me where I want to get to. That's hope. Right. <laughs> you know, right. so hope is what gives you the ability to keep going. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, so I think, you know, go, keep going it, or to keep going is to have something to keep going for. Right. So, so faith, if, if, and there's a lot of people right now that are struggling with faith. And I think it's because we've lost a lot. Yeah. Um, this pandemic, this pandemic has created, which we have to acknowledge, it's created high levels of anxiety. Mm -hmm. It's created high levels of depression mm -hmm. and it's created high levels of lack of faith. Right. And so we have to face that. Right. And we have to turn to the source mm -hmm. and then we can overcome those things and then we can believe again. That's, uh, that's hundred percent. I agree. I agree. I agree. hundred percent. Well, I appreciate you. Oh man, I man, thank you for you. this brother is so patient. <laughs> and then in him being patient, he was an incredible moderator and interviewer. So man, continue to do what you're doing, Jarvis. I, I've never had an interview this this transparent and this beautiful. 
um, it, it felt beautiful. And so I owe that to you. So thank you, brother. Nah, man, I appreciate your hats off. Appreciate you. And we always tell everybody, stay in your lane. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs>